Okay, hey everybody, welcome to Valley Creek. It is so good to see you. Let's take a moment and welcome in all of our campuses and all of you that are watching online. It is good to see you. Thanks for being here today. Thanks for being a part of what's happening at Valley Creek. As we start a brand new series this week called The Ripple Effect. For the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how what Jesus sets in motion stays in motion. You see, Jesus sets lots of things in motion, and they are good things into our lives and into the world around us. Like when Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you're going to love one another as I have loved you. At that moment, he set love into motion, and it comes to us, and it moves through us and into the lives of those around us. When he says, my peace I give to you, when Jesus said that, he set in motion peace to us and through us and into the lives of those around us. When Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit and he gave the power of the Holy Spirit, he sent that to us, through us, and into the lives of those around us. What Jesus sets in motion stays in motion. It's kind of like a rock. Like Think about throwing a rock into a lake, like and ripples ripple out from where that rock makes impact. A little bit bigger rock, and bigger ripples ripple out, and then little kids get the idea, and they think, this is kind of fun. I'm going to pick the biggest rock I can. So they lean down, and they get a rock that's like half the body size, and they're thinking, how am I going to pull this thing into the throw it, and like a shot put. They, you're thinking, you're going into the water right now. And then they throw that thing and chuck it. Giant ripples move out from where that rock hits. The greater the rock, the bigger the impact. And so what I'm saying is Jesus has set so many things in motion in our life. And if you hear me say that and, and think, yeah, but like I've set my life in motion. Like, I got my job, and I've, I've made my family, and I, I like take care of my health, and my finances, and my retirement. Well, here's the thing. First Chronicles 29, 14 says, everything we have has come from you. We give you only what you first gave us. So anything I have in my life, Jesus has set that in motion. And the faster that we recognize that, the more sense our lives are going to make. So there's a lot of great stories that show this ripple effect of Jesus in the scriptures. What I want to do is I want to jump into Acts chapter 3. One of my favorites is in Acts chapter 3, this ripple effect that we see from Jesus. Here's what's going on. Peter and John are about to walk into the temple one day, have an unexpected conversation. Acts 3 verse 1. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put there every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. Pause. Every single one of us has been brought by someone else to encounter Jesus. None of us got here alone. Our pride tells us we did. Man, the truth is that we didn't. It's the praying mama that prayed for us when we were out acting a fool at night. It was the grandpa that sat there at the kitchen table reading scripture every morning, talking about the word of God. It's the neighbor who invited us to come to church, just kept on inviting, wouldn't let it go. Every single one of us has been carried by a friend to encounter at the feet of Jesus. So verse 3, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. So the man gave him his attention, expecting to get something from them. I love this. He's looking down. He's ashamed. He's kind of staring downwards like he always does. People are walking by him like they always do. Peter and John say, look up. Raise your gaze. Something amazing is about to happen. And they see him. And they value him, who he was, where he was. Verse 6, and Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Yeah. 
And taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet. He began to walk. Then he went with him into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man that used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Wow. What an amazing story. Can you even imagine all the ripples from this passage? So Peter and John, they see this man hurting, abandoned, alone on the outside. And they're just going about their day, but with one major difference from most of our days. They were eyes up and heart open. They knew that God was going to do something that day. So their eyes were up and their heart was open to how he was going to move. It's a reminder that so much of what God wants to do in us and through us is ministry before the moment. It's when we choose to say, God, today, I'm going to be eyes up and heart open to whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do today, that's what I'm going to have eyes up and heart open to see how you're going to move. That's why it's so important to always ask the question, what is the Holy Spirit saying to you real time, present tense? There's something he wants to do in your life today. There's somebody he wants to impact in the world around you. So Peter sees the man. He speaks one of the most powerful passages in the history of Scripture. Tells the man, look up, pay attention, heals the man. We read that and think, wow, what a cool story. Look at the ripple effect through Peter to the man, to his excitement, to the people. But what we don't realize is the miraculous wave that hits this man started years earlier. Let me explain. In John chapter 1, Jesus meets Andrew. Peter's brother, and he's like, hey, come and see what's going on, Ripple. Andrew's like, hey, I think I found the Messiah, Peter. You gotta, you gotta come check this out, Ripple. Peter checks it out, he sees Jesus, he meets him. He actually goes back to his boat after that. And then he, in, in Matthew chapter four, we know that because Jesus comes and meets him in his boat. He's like, hey, Peter, come follow me. I'm gonna make you a fisher of men, Ripple. So Peter, let's go with the boat. Starts a fantastic journey of following Jesus. He sees amazing things. He watches healings. He sees teachings. He sees the move of God all around. Ripple, ripple, wave after wave of God's grace in his life. Then it comes time for the crucifixion. And Peter, like so many of us, he runs, he hides, he, uh, he loses his nerve. So Jesus is crucified. He's resurrected three days later. Comes back and he finds Peter. Peter's on the boat again. He's on the shore. He's like, hey, Peter. Peter jumps off the boat. There's lots of waves then. He's doing cannonball. He's just swimming all the way to shore. Comes back to meet Jesus. Hey, I made you some food. Come and have some fish with me. Has a conversation. Here's another ripple. Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. Oh, what an impact. Goes back to Peter and says, I got something for you, Peter. I need you to stay in the upper room when I leave. I need you to go and wait for this gift I'm going to give you. Ripple. Then they wait in the upper room. They don't know how long it's going to take. The Holy Spirit's poured out giant ripple. The move of God at that time, Peter gets more confident. He starts to be bold and courageous, wave after wave in his life. And what I want you to see is that the same thing is true for your life. Anything that's been set in motion in your life happened and started way back when. It's what Jesus set in motion, moves through us and into the world around us. I continue to just ask daily for Jesus, man, I need you today. I need you to move in my life today. So what I want to encourage you to do is even as we're talking about this, think to yourself, can I wake up tomorrow morning and just say, Jesus, I need you to move in my life today. I want to see your ripple effect move through me into the lives of those around me. What I want you to see here is that only only a humble heart that's willing to say that receives everything that Jesus has. 
I need you to, I don't need you tomorrow. I don't need you yesterday. I need you right now today, Jesus. So I want to pull out two points from Acts chapter three. This is going to help us experience the ripple effect of Jesus in our own lives. Here's the first point. Be present and be aware. Peter was aware of this man. This man was aware of Peter. This man was willing to receive what what Peter was willing to give. There was a moment that they were present and aware. In John 3, 8, it says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. What is that saying? Well, it's saying that we have to stay aware of how the Spirit is moving in our life. Because we don't always know exactly what he's going to be doing. It's kind of like when you see the leaves on a tree start to move because a cold front's coming in. You're like, all right, cold front's moving in. I can see the movement. I'm not exactly sure when it's going to come, but I know it's coming. So being present and being aware is, is, is just thinking of the God of the universe moving right here, right now. A lot of times we want to think about the mission of God as out there somewhere. And at the same time we're dreaming about that, the move of God is right in front of us. So we have to be present and be aware of how he's moving right now, real time. My friend Ryan has been here at Valley Creek about uh, eight weeks, and it's awesome to see what God is doing in his life. I mean, he's moving in him, and he's changing him, and uh, he's starting to just awaken. His heart is awakening. And he told me that he was at the gym the other day, and he was having this conversation with a guy about some of the pains of his past, some of the stuff that's still kind of creeping up from, from bad decisions. And so has this conversation, some of the ways he's kind of walking through some difficulties. And as he's talking to the guy at the gym, the guy goes, oh, well, I'll be praying for you. And Ryan, as he's walking away, he heard that. He's like, er, and he turned around. He's like, hey, man, where do you go to church? And as soon as he did that, he's like, I got quiet. Like everybody's like stopping the treadmill, like looking over to see what's going to happen. And so he's like very nervous about what's going to, what, you know, the rest of this conversation. And the guy's like, I've been looking for a church. So right then, he was present. He was aware. He made the ask. And that guy's going to come within Valley Creek. They're gonna, he's going to come and experience Jesus here. That's awesome. <laughs> One of the great problems we have of living in a society that's highly calendared and, and, and highly like future focused is we miss opportunities to be aware right now, present right now. Peter interacted with who was right in front of him. Jesus interacted with who was right in front of him. Paul interacted with who was right in front of him. So sometimes we say, man, I want to do big things. I want to leave a big legacy. I want these huge things to work in my life. And as we're dreaming, as we're thinking, as we're planning for those things, there's people right around us that are desperate for the love of Jesus. And you know who Jesus uses to reach them? Us. And the way he does that is he literally uses us as an extension of himself. His arms reach out into a lost, hurting, and broken world through our arms, through our conversations. We are an extension of Jesus. We reach the hard to reach places. You ever seen one of those little, you know those little alligator picker uppers? Like it's got a little alligator head and you use to like pick things up or like a... Like a back scratcher? You're like, like a Jesus back scratcher. That's what we are. We are the hard to reach places. Like we, we get the people that, that other people can't reach. So if you can get that visual, that you're an extension of the reach and the love of Jesus, you're starting to get it. But you have to be present and be aware. Who is he putting right in front of you? Ezekiel 12, 25 tells us that the mission of God is already flowing in our life. Listen to what it says. But I, the Lord, will speak what I will and it shall be fulfilled without delay. What I want you to catch is the mission of God is moving in your life whether or not you're aware of it. God's kingdom is forced to advance it because he said it's going to force to advance. My church is going to be on the move. The gates of hell will not come against it because he said the gates of hell will not come against it. I'm going to gather up children from the north, the south, the east, the west because he said he's going to gather up children. So the move of God is already happening. 
We must choose to be present. We must choose to be aware. Let me just ask you, who is God placed in front of you right now? Like, who is in your sphere of influence? Who do you keep running into at the coffee shop? Mamas, who do you keep running into in, in car line? It's like, no, don't run into anybody at car line. Who do you meet? Who do you meet in car line? Who do you see when you're out and about? Like, legitimately, what does it look like when you run into the grocery store? Because i got to be honest with you, it is embarrassing how little I look at people when I'm out in public. Like, it's embarrassing. I'm going so fast, I have so much on my mind, I have to take a moment and stop and look up and see who's around me and be present and be aware. This week, on Monday, can you choose to notice the posture of your coworkers as they come in to work? Are their shoulders down? Are they low in their cubicle? Are they looking for somebody to just say hi to them? How's it going? Like to just notice them, to value them, who they are, where they are. Dads, can you choose to be present with your kids? Because God wants to move in them through you. The love of the father going through their father. So you can be present. You can be aware of what he wants to do in your family. Be present. Be aware. All right, here's the second thing we see. You give what you have, not what you don't. You give what you have, not what you don't. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And Peter teaches us an important lesson right then. He learned this from lots of years in the school of hard knocks. You can't give what you don't have. You can only give what you do. He wasn't rich. He didn't have money. He didn't have silver. He didn't have gold. He had something so much more valuable. Peter had Jesus. So he could give Jesus. You have Jesus. So you can give Jesus. And many times when we feel exhausted or beat down or we say things like, I don't have any more to give, it's because we've been trying to give it in our own energy, not in the energy of the Spirit. And that's crazy because that's like saying that a ripple would power itself, that a wave would build its own energy. It doesn't. It works off the wave that comes before it. A ripple starts from what comes before it. Just like the Spirit moves in your life through you, you draw upon that power into where God is leading you. There's a fascinating story at the end of Acts about people trying to give what they did not have. There's a story about seven brothers, and these guys were trying to use the power of Jesus, but there's only one problem. They didn't have Jesus. So they wanted to use Jesus' name to do these miraculous things. And that is very similar to how it is with so many people today. You want all the things that Jesus does, you don't really want Jesus yourself. We need to have Jesus for ourselves so then, then we can actually use and draw upon the power of him in our life. If you don't have Jesus, you can't even bring what he can do into a situation. That was like so many people that would walk with Jesus. The people would walk and they would follow and they'd want the miracles and they'd want him to move. They didn't really want him. So in the story, these seven guys, they try to draw upon the name of Jesus. They go and they meet this guy with an evil spirit. They try to uh, invoke the name of Jesus to, to beat down the spirit. The spirit, that the evil spirit, actually beats them down. It literally beats them up. It says that they run out naked and bleeding. They got beat up so bad that they got the clothes beat off of them. In life, if you, if you ever walk in life and you feel like life is beating the clothes off you, that's bad. All right? So what I'm trying to say is if you ever feel like that, then probably you're trying to do things in your own effort. You're trying to give what you do not have. 
But if you give from what you do have, Jesus, you will be refreshed, not exhausted. Peter said so many years, man, he messed this up all the time. Peter always tried to give what he did not have. Think of all the stories you know. So he goes up, he's like, hey guys, Moses and Elijah are here. So I was thinking, we're going to set up a tent, and then we can like, you know, hang out with them, and then Jesus, you can hang out with them, we can build, do some snores, nah, that's wrong. So yeah, Peter would go up and he'd say things like, um, hey Jesus, these Romans are going to try to, uh, they're going to try to take you to jail, so I got an idea. I got a sword, I'm going to cut that guy's ear off, and then we can run away. No, wrong. Uh, Peter, go to Samaritan Village. Hey, the Samaritan Village, they didn't welcome us like I thought they were going to, so I got an idea. Let's go ahead and burn them all up with fire. So many times, he tries to do it in his own power, not in the power of Jesus, and we do the same thing. You know, I was thinking, maybe I should just, um, maybe I should date that person, even though they're, they're not actually a Christ follower, and then if we get married, I know they'll, they'll find Jesus at some time, and, and, and I'm sure that it'll work itself out, and and it doesn't end up like we think it's going to. Or we say things like, hey, I'm going to move my family across the country. I'm going to uproot them from church and from their school and from all of our uh, connections and our godly relationships. I didn't really check it with anybody. I didn't really check with any godly you know, authority, authority relationships in my life. Or I don't, It doesn't really make sense, but we're just going to go for it. And then we find ourselves exhausted with that decision. Or we say things like, Man, I don't really want to be vulnerable, vulnerable with people. I don't want to have to tell them about my stuff and like my history, and it hurts. And I want to talk about it, so I'm just going like, to keep to myself. I'm going to do it on my own, and over and over and over again, we try to draw on what we don't have instead of what we do and do it on our own, and that is exhausting. Don't you see? You can't create your own ripples. You can't make your own waves. You can't give what you don't have. In class two weeks ago, there was somebody who um, was talking about you know, people that have paved the way for Jesus in their life. And it was a great conversation. There were so many people who were talking about uh, the fact that they, they were brought to the feet of Jesus. Somebody helped them encounter Jesus. And I asked them to give some examples. And I heard somebody go, over here, over here. And I thought that they were saying that they wanted to answer the question. And what they were doing is they were pointing to the person sitting directly beside them. And her name is Lucy. And I, I listened to this awesome story about how Lucy gave from what she had. You see, she was reading Follow the Cloud, and Jesus had been speaking to her about the book Follow the Cloud. So she invited this couple to start reading Follow the Cloud with her. This couple was so moved when they came to the group that they were like blown away by what Jesus was teaching them through Follow the Cloud. So they decided to start coming here, Jesus moving in their life, they went all the way through the pathway, they went through leader step, they're making, they're saying yes to Jesus. She started a blog online, she didn't even like the blog, she just started a blog she thought Jesus told her to. And that's awesome, because she's giving now from what she had, and Lucy in that moment decided that I'm going to make the ask, I'm gonna invite them into what Jesus is doing in my life, and I'm just gonna make the ask and say, okay, come and join me. That's not hard, that's not scary, it's what Jesus is doing in Lucy's life and it impacted them in an amazing way. So let me ask, what do you have? Oh, but Jason, I I don't know the Bible very well. I I don't like, I don't, you know, read it very much. I know we're, we're learning together, we're doing the rooted experience, we're growing together in that way, but what do you have? Oh, but Jason, I got some stuff. Like if you knew my stuff, it's just, it's not good. I know, me too. But what do you have? Because many times the lie that we, don't, that we believe that we don't have anything to give is born when, what, when we focus on what we don't have. 
The lie that we believe that we do not have anything to give is born when we focus on what we don't have instead of what we do. That's why I think Jesus talked to disciples when they were trying to feed the 5,000, and he's like, okay, what do you have? Like, uh, I guess a, a fish and some bread. Okay, we can work with that. And as the miracle was unfolding, they started to realize, like, no, actually, we do have something to give. We can give this. That's why he asked them to think, what do you have? So what do you have? You have a story. You have an amazing story of what Jesus has been doing in your life. Like, even if your story is just like, you know, if it's average, if it's not crazy, and you, you know, you weren't in jail or had some amazing addiction, it's still amazing. You went from death to life. That's an amazing story. That's Jesus. So you have that story to give. You have the Holy Spirit. So you got love and joy and peace flowing into you and through you and into the lives of other people. You got hope for a hopeless world. You got the light of Jesus for people that are walking in darkness. That's what you have. You got words of life, words of encouragement to speak into the lives of other people. That's what you have. They can inspire. They can bring hope. That's what you have. You give what you have, not what you don't. And as you do, ripples of life flowing through you and, and into them, into the world around you. Listen, don't let a seawall of self-doubt stop the waves of the move of God in people's lives. You know what a seawall is? Like waves, like crashing the seawall, like crash and they break apart. They don't keep going because the seawall stops them. We put up walls all the time. And when we do, we stop the move of God, the waves that he wants to move in, through, and to other people in our lives. Like, think of this. What seawall, what wall have you built up? Maybe you have a wall of insecurity, but what would they think if I say that? Okay, I hear you, but here's what Jesus says. I'm going to be with you. And even if they make fun of you on account of me, that's blessed. Yeah, they might, they might, they might make fun of you. That's okay. Don't be insecure. Don't put up a wall of fear. What's going to happen afterwards? Because Jesus says, my perfect love is going to cast out that fear. And by the way, I'm with you. I, you know that already. A seawall of authority. Oh, I don't have the right to say that to them. Yes, you do. Why? Because Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth is given to me. I give that to you. Now go and make disciples of everyone. So what do you have? Listen, let Jesus speak to you about what you have to give. I'm believing right now that even this weekend... There's going to be new gifts of things like wisdom released in our church so that people can experience that through the love of Jesus. I'm believing that right now, through this weekend, there's going to be uh, prophetic words that somebody's going to speak into someone else's life. They're going to give what they have, the words of heaven, into those circumstances, and it's going to release the move of God in someone. I'm believing right now that there is going to be healing hands that are going to be laid on in prayer, and somebody's going to be healed from what we have because we have it to give in this church. What do you have? You have Jesus, so you can give Jesus. So do you remember what happens at the end of the story in verse nine? It says, when all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man that used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. They were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. The Jesus in you will create wonder in those around you. The Jesus in you will create wonder in those around you. Like people are going to say, wow, like you're a very different person. Like you look like this, you physically look like the same person. You're like, you're like very different. That's because I went from old to being new. Because I'm a new creation. And so you're seeing that in my life. This is the next verse. This isn't even the end of the story. The next verse after this passage is verse 11. Check this out. Well, the man held on to Peter and John 
all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. So good. Okay, see if you can catch this. While the man is holding on to Peter and John, big old smile on his face, everybody comes running. Like, what's going on? What happened to that guy? I don't even get it. You understand why he's holding on, right? Because he was jumping and he's running, but he doesn't even know how to walk. It says he was lame from birth. So he got so excited, I can almost imagine being like, whoa, and he's grabbing onto them. Then he's just standing there with a big old smile. People are running to see what happened, and they're amazed. And that is a reminder to us that sometimes when people are new in their journey, they barely know how to walk. So they start to run, then they stumble, and we get to help hold them up with the love of Jesus. Come on over, man. Put a hand on my shoulder. So that's what the man does. And see if you can catch it. He was always on the outside of the gate called Beautiful. He was always on the outside looking in. So many people are on the outside of the beautiful life that Jesus has for them. Looking in, wondering what it, was, what it would be like, waiting for somebody to come and say, look at me. Look at me. Jesus has something for you. And so now he is not on the outside of the beautiful gate. He's on the inside. He's on the place where life is, where people are, where there's hope, where there is life. And listen... Life is attractive. Jesus is beautiful when he's on full display. And so in your life, if you've realized that people have been coming to you recently, like, hey, I want to hang out. I want to be in your small group. Can we spend some time together? It's because the full life of Jesus is on display in your life, and people are taking notice. That's a good thing. Ask for more. Jesus, I want more life. I want more people to come and notice you in my life. Jesus is on full display. You see, people will gather around a warm fire. People love a good story. Jesus has a good story in your life. Let me finish with this. One of the most amazing wave events is when a tsunami occurs. Amazing, terrifying, huge. A tsunami occurs when there is an earthquake at the bottom of the ocean and the rocks split. When the rocks split, creates a shock wave. It creates a wave event in which the waves gather, gather, gather energy all the way up until there's this huge, terrifying, gigantic wall of water that comes to land. It is an amazing, huge, seismic event. The cross was the biggest seismic event in history. Check this out. Listen to what happened at the moment of Jesus' death. Matthew 27, 51. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook... The rocks split. At that moment, the rock of my salvation, of your salvation, the cornerstone, the rock on which we stand, was broken so that we could be made whole. In that moment, he was the physical picture of the prophecy of when Moses hits the rock, breaks it, waves of water fly out of it. That's the seismic event. And from that moment on, the love of Jesus has been traveling person to person, generation to generation, into you, into me, through us, and into the lives of other people. You see, the greater the rock, the bigger the splash. The greater the rock, the bigger the impact. Jesus is one great rock, and he has created ripples that have moved through generations of those that love the Lord. Your mama that was praying for you at night when you're out acting a fool, her parents praying for her before that. 
the grandparents that were in love with Jesus prior to that, the great-grandpa that was full of the Holy Spirit before that, on and on, back and back and back until the event, the moment when the rock hit the water. So God wants to allow ripples of love to move into you, through you, and into the lives of other people. You must be a present and be aware. Give what you have, not what you don't. And watch wave after wave after wave of the love of Jesus pour into the people in the world around you. The people of God have an amazing opportunity to share the love of Jesus through waves of his love to those around us. Will you choose to do those things? Be present, be aware. Give what you have, not what you don't, and see what God does. Let's pray. So Jesus, right now, um, we just choose to be conduits of what you want to do in the world. The waves of love you want to release in us, through us, and into the lives of those around us. Churches, I'm praying right now, I ask you to just um, think of one person, one face you've seen recently, out and about, at school, at the cafe, at work, maybe you don't even know their name, and that's the person. That's the one that the Lord is trying to put onto your heart right now that you can reach with the love of Jesus. That's the one that you can ask the Lord to reveal, okay, so what can I say to them? How can I value them? How can I release your love and your joy and your peace into those moments? And then just ask him. And then believe he's going to give you opportunities when you have eyes up and a heart open to what he wants to do. Jesus, I'm believing that new waves of things like wisdom and, and, and prophecy and, um, and dreams of encouragement to be released through words of life in our church family, that that's what's going to happen even at the end of this conversation, that we're going to prepare our hearts to say, okay, the wave will not stop with me. I will not put up a wall. I will not let it uh, break on my shoreline. I will not be insecure or have fear or believe I don't have the authority to release the love of God into a broken world. You do have the authority. You do have access to Jesus. You do have something to give. I believe it by faith, Jesus. Everyone in this church can be present, be aware, and give what we have, the love of Jesus to those around us. Let it be true. Let it be so. In the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ, amen.